What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I didn't think it would be like that, to be honest with you. But after, like, I seen the weather pregame, things like that, uh, coaches start telling us, like, we know what type of game it's going to be. So after that, we knew. Everyone knew. Two, I don't know if I've ever played in a game where I've thrown the ball three times and been playing football since I was six years old. Uh, I mean, we're sitting on the sideline. I turn to AP like, have we thrown the ball since John New had that catch? And it was like, no, I don't think so. You know, it doesn't matter how many times you run it or throw it. As long as you win, everyone's going to be happy. That's on the running backs, yacht, uh, tight ends, offensive line. You know, just hats off to the offense, really. Everybody. Uh, Probably besides Matt, he really didn't do nothing besides hand the ball out. Oh, but he handed the ball off like a seasoned pro, especially late in the game. You know, while I'm reminded of it by Matthew Judon, because who the hell knows when we're going to get to it. By the way, good morning, Chris. Let's just get right to it. There's a lot to talk about coming out of last night's game. I was surprised the Patriots were handing the ball off and running it because I was doing the Madden end-of-game math. They were taking some chances running the ball because I kept waiting for it to squirt out and give the Bills one more shot to win the game in the final two minutes. Because it's Bill Belichick, it doesn't get questioned. Anybody else, people would have been saying, what the hell is he thinking? Just take knees. Well, I, wait, wait, wait. Well, so there was, there was the – he was going to leave 20 seconds on the board until the little issue at the end of the game with the the what the injury and the timeout right so i guess he was looking right. at he didn't want to give them the chance for josh allen to throw a hail mary i i'm i'm guessing now i don't know they were going against the win and that wasn't going to be easy but uh either way i don't know they played it the right way they got it done they don't fumble in those moments a lot of the times uh but i guess except that would be his one, logic except week 1 Except week one, when right. they're closing in to yeah. beat the Dolphins, right. they don't fumble except then. But but that that's that's they got a gift from Matt Milano, who was injured, and the camera work and the 
decision as to what they were going to actually show during the broadcast and explain what was happening left plenty to be desired. Sorry, ESPN, but I don't think anybody understood what was going on. They got a gift with the Matt Milano injury without a timeout for the Bills, reset the play clock, yeah. and by then it was done. By then it was over. Well, then it was over, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Before that, though, look, unless you're actually trying to get a first down. Well, I think they were. You should just. Not, but they were running at one or two yards inside. They, that wasn't going to well, get You a mean first like down. what they did all game, Mike? Run inside for first downs? Yeah, yes, that's just, what they were trying felt, to do. I mean, yes, we can bring did, up a fumble from 12 weeks ago. They don't fumble um, in those situations. All, Great. All, it's a all, different all, year now. This is where I'm we started saying, with the clock management I, that was yes, like almost perfect yes. of the game. That's where we're starting today. That's your top yes. story. Boom. Yeah, yeah, well, a non-fumble that didn't happen but could have happened, and I, it didn't. I mean, I, holy crap, Mike. That's where we're starting hey, today. Pete, again, okay. Pete, I don't care if you think Chris is correct. That's only going to make me go at it harder, Pete, until you <laughs> Look, learn. It's all right. I don't need Pete's you chiming right in too. Pete's when right Chris too. is arguing You're wrong. with me. Hey, you're but what wrong. purpose does it serve for Pete to say Chris is correct uh, when he's I'm trying to listen to you? Come on, Pete. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you out. All right. Let me say this. Let me say this. <laughs> I thought of it because Matthew Judon praised Mac Jones, but right. my point is right. those were critical plays because they decided to run the ball. He did have to execute a proper handoff. You're talking about a rookie quarterback right. in right. that moment, biggest win of the season in hand, and as somebody who picked the Patriots to win and had the Patriots as a best bet, it made me nervous because I'm doing the math and I'm saying <laughs> unless they really are going to get a first down here, this doesn't make much of a difference. They should just do the snap the ball, go back a couple of yards, kill a second or two, and hit the deck. I, I'm, anytime something like that happens, I'm thinking Joe Pasarczyk, I'm thinking Harm Edwards, I'm I thinking, oh my, and I was actually kind of hoping for it to happen. It's like, oh my God, they're actually handing the ball off in a spot where it's not going to make much of a difference unless they have a reasonable shot of getting a first down, and they didn't. That's there were a couple of those plays that made me say, "Holy crap! Holy crap!" I kind of hope the ball comes out because the part of me that loves chaos. Well, well, well why? Well, like, what? What? What was the, the, a reasonable part that the ball could come out, but it hadn't come out in the seventy-five carries they've had before that? Right. Okay, they There's wanted to get the first down. One. Well, what do you mean? There's but 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 at the same time, if they didn't try to get the first down and they knelt, kneeled down and Josh Allen threw a hail mary and they won the game, everyone got what they ran the ball for first downs all game. Why didn't they run for a first down? They could have closed the game out. So Mac Jones did a lot, to your point. Hey. Why we're starting here, I don't know. But it didn't because work out that way. Mac so, Jones geez. should get praised, even though he only threw three passes. All right, he got praised. he did. You got your best bet. You got it. He didn't, don't be mad that you got his... it. You're the only guy that I know in the world that's mad that he got it. Like, relax. You got it. Well, I picked him I, to win. No. You picked him to win. We look smart. Let's I, go. I listen. You've completely misunderstood the point, and I. There's no way I'm the only one who was thinking, "Why are they handing the ball off here? Because it's not going to make a difference. They're running it right into the scrum. They're gaining one yard. They're not going to get a first down. They're going to have to punt it. Now they had the win, so he probably would have rocketed it, you know, in, into the next county. Uh, but they, they were setting up for the potential of one more shot for the Bills, and I kind of wanted to. I wanted to see him have one. You know, this is one of those games I didn't want to have end. It was fun watching I'm glad the to Bills hear that. drive down, right? And right, they're, they're driving it down, and you, you, you just knew, this is just with the Patriots. Oh, you can drive it all you want, but when it gets inside the twenty, they're going to stiffen. Something's going to happen. They're going to make a play, 
and you're not going to get you're not going to get what you're trying to get, which was a touchdown, which would have put him at a, put him ahead. They had the missed field goal on the one drive that got down into the red yeah, zone. Yeah, that was big. And then they had the uh, the the turnover on downs on the second one, and it's just kind of the the Patriots model. And it's not an accident. It looks like an accident when it happens, but you stack that many accidents together. Right. It's a product of good coaching and good execution. No, no doubt about it. They're the masters of that. I mean, they're the masters of this type of game, just managing like every situation, the elements, you know. You know, the the wind, which way is it blowing, punting, we're not going to throw this way, we will throw that way. I mean, so wait, first off, I'm glad to hear that because I was wondering as I was watching the game last night, are people going to enjoy, or did they enjoy watching that game? Like, I did, you know, I, I but, but it sounds like you did too. I just wondered if like... Oh, the, I loved it. The fantasy world, I'm sure, did not love it. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I thought it was a great game. I mean, wait, we watched an NFL football game in 2021 where the team won that threw the ball three times. I would like to repeat that. We watched a football game where the team won and they threw the ball three times. That is unbelievable. All right, so wait, I don't know what's more unbelievable. The fact that one team said, whoa, forget it. We don't even want to throw the ball, take a chance of anything bad happening. You know, putting us out of position to continually be in good positions as far as, you know, second and seven, third and four. We had one team that took that angle because, whoa, we don't even want to throw going this way. Man, even going the other way, we don't really love throwing. And the punting game and kicking game's a mess. That was amazing to me that the one team won with three throws. And then the other team had such a freakish freaking quarterback that they just said, wait, it's a hurricane wind? Our guy's got a better arm than the hurricane. We'll just let him throw it into the wind again with the wind behind him. It doesn't matter. I really don't know which one was more amazing. To me, I know they made a big deal about the three throws. I wish they would have made a bigger deal about – they made a big deal about the elements, but they did not make it a big enough deal that Josh Allen was still throwing lasers and unaffected by hurricane winds. And had a touchdown pass drop. So they were those are two amazing things to me, Mike. Sorry to babble there so much. What what disappointed me is it took them so long to realize Josh Allen could perform in that win. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's what, you're right. The, the you're first right. half they threw ten passes. Right. They threw twenty in the second half. They sh- they, they waited too long to literally throw caution to the wind and just start ripping the ball. They they should have been throwing. I mean, like this is they insane. Were. I, the I mean, sense of urgency, the sense of urgency wasn't there until the fourth quarter. They should have had the sense of urgency all game long. You're you're right. They they, they right. fell into the trap of playing chess with Bill Belichick instead yeah. of just going out and playing their brand of football. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that for sure. You know, and again, I wish I would have been there for warm ups to see how it would how it went. You know, because maybe that affects your decision making too as a head coach. You know, if well, one out of every seven passes and warm ups are completed, do we really want to go out there and try to do that in the game? You know, it might be a waste, a waste of a play. But uh, I, I'm with you in the fact that I do think they waited a little too long to just uncork it a little. The guy, obviously, I mean, he's gifted. He's the freakish, maybe the most freaky quarterback in football. And I mean, just never didn't throw anything but spirals all night. And the ball cut through the wind and. Uh, I think that's one thing that, yeah, Sean McDermott probably watching back that film today is probably going to look back and go, oh, I wish I was a little, I wish we little get, let, let Josh Allen and Dayball have the green light and not worry about the wind so much and just let Allen throw freaking laser beams all over the field.
You're never going to beat the Patriots in a big game if you're timid and careful. It's not no, going to happen. No, you're right. And they were timid and they were careful yeah. in the first half. Yeah. And the Patriots came off as timid and careful, but it was more strategic with the Patriots. I just feel like with the Bills, they were kind of doing it because, hey, that's what the Patriots are doing. That was just kind of the sense I got. Hey, this is the game we're playing until the Bills realized time was running out. It's like, you know, we better play the way we usually play if we want to have a chance to win this yeah. game. And that's when it turned. And, and that was what was frustrating to me. Why did it take so long for it to turn? And I don't know if the wind got any better as the game went on. I didn't see any evidence to think that it dramatically got better because the Patriots didn't change their approach. If the wind had died down during the game, then maybe we would have, we would have seen more than three total throws from Mac Jones. Unbelievable. The, 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 the fewest passes thrown in a victory since the Bills threw two in 1974, I believe. So it's amazing. Uh, it, it's amazing. It, it, it was, and it, it was, it was a fun game to watch because we knew what we were signing up for from the get-go, and we kind of, I think, collectively hoped there'd be snow on the ground and more snow in the air because a game like that, the elements you don't see, but you know they're there from the opening kickoff when the guy blasts the ball out of the freaking stadium. <laughs> right, right. You know the wind's going to be <laughs> a factor 10. that night. Yeah, no, I know. That's when I, I, you know, again, I was watching pregame a little, but not like listening I understood I saw all the reports coming up to the game social media everything that the wind was bad videos of Josh Allen throws in pregame that went like you know 90 degrees to the left halfway to the target uh so I was expecting it but I I guess yes the opening kickoff was that wow moment where I went that ball just went into the 10th row I mean it was it wasn't like just got in the in the crowd like it was in the 10th row of the crowd and that's when I went oh my gosh wait this is more serious than I might have given it, given it credit for. Uh, but unbelievable job by the Patriots, of course. And, and listen, there's probably a part of them that loved it. Like, whoa, wait, we're playing a team that can only throw, and there's 50-mile-per-hour wins. That's great. Now we get to play defense. Oh, guess what? We're awesome at running the football. This is great. The Bills aren't that good at stopping the run, and they don't have a run game to go along with it. And, of course, this was the big play of the game where early on it was all about field position and, you know, the Patriots were stuck in their own end. The Bills had the ball on the Patriots' side of the field to start the game, it seemed like, for the first quarter or so, but couldn't really muster anything together. And then we had that big, long run. Uh, and, of course, it was just more and more runs all game. But masters, masters of the universe of playing like old school, pulling guard football, guard trap plays. We'll run up the middle, right up the middle. When you over pursue that, we'll, you know, we'll block those guys down and get on the C or D gap and pull a guard around. I mean, they just had so many great run game designs last night and just were the bigger, more physical football team on the field. And you could tell the Bills were were worried about that just by what the telecast was talking about. Yeah, and uh, until the 64-yard touchdown run by Damian Harris, it actually crossed my mind, this score is going to be 0-0 <laughs> going into like the late fourth quarter because of the way that they were just kind of – it was more like a tug-of-war right? where everybody was digging in and they were seeing how far they could pull the rope. And then once it popped, that, that kind of changed the vibe. And, you know, the Bills' best moment came when the punt – I mean, Hit what the that was face amazing. mask of right. Nikhil Harry. Why is he even still on the team? Let's start there. <laughs> Somebody made that point last night. This is a guy <laughs> that isn't working out, right. and the Patriots don't double down on their mistakes. Yeah. Why is he still on the team? I, I, that's a good question. I, I don't have an answer for you. You're, you're right. I mean, he does have size and physicality. He does help them in the run game as a receiver. You know, but yes, as far as like him playing, he's kind of been a been a bust. I, what what drove me crazy about this play 
I mean, there's no way he didn't know it touched his face mask, right? I mean, there's no way. He's got to know at that point. So go get it. Don't play the, wait, I don't think anybody saw that card. I'm going to act like, no, I didn't really touch it. I mean, I'd have a hard time thinking he didn't know that touched his face mask. Again, you know, a guy's so in tune with it. But, yeah, that was a huge mistake in the football game. And to that point, we had gone, I, I don't know, Buffalo's going to be able to move the ball on New England the whole night. I mean, that's really how you were thinking. They had the ball like we just talked about on the on New England side of the field to start the game. Couldn't do anything. It didn't matter. So that was a, a huge part of the, the football game, an unpatriot-like mistake there that that gave the Bills, you know, some life. And and I don't know if they could have, you know, scored two touchdowns or, or a touchdown in general if they didn't have that turnover. That would have been interesting to see. That was the first punt return of Nikhil Harry's entire career. And I understand they were being very creative in that moment. They had a guy deep. They had a guy extra deep because yeah. the Bills were kicking with that wind. But how does – Harry end up being the guy. It's a great question. In that spot when you know, know the wind is going to mess with the ball. Right. Hey, go ahead out there and show us what you can do in the punt return game. That that if the if the Patriots lose that game, then Bill Belichick, the genius, is derided all day long as Bill Belichick, the idiot, for letting Nikhil Harry be in a spot where he's never been before. And you know the wind is going to mess with the ball. It's going to mess up the judgment of the ball. And you got a guy who has no experience in games dealing with where the ball is and how to field it, and he lets it hit him in the in the face mask. I was actually a little surprised they got that right because I remember a time several yeah. years ago, and I feel like we've talked about this not long ago. Dean Blandino was in charge of the officiating at the time, and there was a, a punt in like a Bears-Seahawks game that there was a question of whether it hit the leg of one of the members of the return team you could see the ball change directions, but you couldn't actually see it strike the player. And right. it was explained to me at the time, we have to actually see it strike the player in order to constitute clear and obvious evidence to change the ruling on the field. You can't, you can't just say, well, it moved. Because we see it move, but you don't see it, you don't see it actually strike. Yes, you just right, see the movement, right. if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I got you. You're right. It, it, it does. And it was one of those where, I mean, it happened in real time, and I was like, well, it didn't touch him. I mean, I didn't expect it to touch him on the bounce, you know, or, or the, the way down after the first bounce. But it was clear. And, again, I know that's not within the rules right now of how these are supposed to be executed, but I think this falls under, like, what you and I would call is, I don't care. You got it right. And that's the that's the most important thing. I mean, really. I think, no, well, well. Yeah. I think that's one where they're allowed in the stadium to chime in and change it before that becomes the official. They are allowed. This does to. fall okay. into that okay. that sky judge light category yeah. that they're working their way through, and it's they never really make it clear to anybody. But they just say, oh, after further discussion, and people are like, oh, they're talking to him from above. Well, they're allowed to in a situation like that. Well, I'm all for that. I got no issue with that. I don't. Now, I don't know why they didn't just call it a fumble on the field with the way everybody reacted because then it automatically gets replayed. But regardless, they got it right. I'm happy about that. And that's all we want, I think, at the end of the day. And I don't think you're going to see the coaches complain about, you know, anything as long as that happens. But, yeah, that was a big moment in the football game, you know, because you – you knew the Patriots were, for the most part, going to go, whoa, well, they're going to play a clean game. This is right up Belichick Alley. I mean, again, this is right back to 2001 Patriots, manage the game, run the football, play defense, maybe make a throw here and there. I know that was less than normal even last night. Uh, but, 
Yeah, I mean, the game just unfolded perfectly for them. And, and maybe the elements, I started to think for a while, like, oh, this is great. But the fact that Buffalo started to be able to play a defense where they had to never worry about the pass game either, I kept going like, come on, just throw one or two so Buffalo couldn't have nine guys, you know, within six or seven yards of the football. I mean, some of the alignments Buffalo's defense was in was hilarious. It was, but it also is what, you know, led to a big run because you got so many people at the line of scrimmage that, uh, you know, at, 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 on certain run plays like that where, yeah, you get five or six yards down the field and break the second level, you might have nobody there or just one guy left, and that's where we saw that Damian Harris big run break. The over-under was 45, and it plummeted to 39 and a half, and that was still too high. Last night on PFTPM, Shereen Williams and I both agreed loudly take the under in yeah. that game. They ain't right. scoring 40 points, not with the images that we were seeing coming out of Buffalo in advance of the game. And I think anybody who was in the game, and this is one of the – advantages once we get to the point where you can place bets from your phone from the game I think somebody at the game itself would have looked at 39 and a half and laughed their ass off there's no way if you're out in that that they're going to score 40 points combined in that game if you're in it and you're feeling it and you're knowing what's going on and uh it just it seemed like a no-brainer that they weren't going to score a lot of points last night there was an interesting moment after the game though because the bills defense ultimately only gave up 14 points yeah right they can't be blamed for what happened last night at the press conference there was a joint appearance by micah hyde and jordan poyer and it it got a little dicey because of the approach that was taken by the reporter, let's have a listen to it. Oh, 40 years since the team has won a game running that few times in a game, I mean, passing that few times. Is that embarrassing? I mean, what kind Boy, of question? Boy, what are we doing, bro? What kind of question is that? <laughs> uh, I think we, I think keep, we keep that, keep uh, seven points. Yeah, we're 14, uh, four, 14, to, 14. 14 to 10. Is that the final score? We made stops when we had to. They had one big run. I mean, they got good backs. They, yeah, all right. Um, they kept coming back to a couple of runs. I mean, I don't know how you want us to answer that question. That's funny. Well, I'll, we'll remember that. This, this goes into this respect. It's all about respect. I come here every single week and I answer your questions truthfully, honestly. I appreciate you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, I'll say this. If he's answering the questions truthfully and honestly, he's the only one in the league who's doing that on a consistent basis. That's a different topic altogether. But, yeah, there's got to be a better way to phrase the question than ask if it's embarrassing. It's not like they gave up 50 points in those conditions. They gave up 14. And it was one long run. That was it. They They otherwise played their game. You would ordinarily think with that team... That offense and the financial investment they've made in Josh Allen, yes, fourteen would be enough. Right, right. Yeah, they got unlucky. I mean, they got unlucky. Yeah, the elements hurt their football team more than the other team. You know, like we talked about, the Patriots are built to run and play defense and play an ugly football game. It's not exactly what the Bills are made to do. And I mean, you saw how emotional the game was. I understand that. First off, I love those two guys. I do. I mean, they're they're as good as a tandem of safeties in all of football. I mean, wear their hearts on their sleeve like a badge of honor. I don't, they're, they're, I love them. I really do. And you could tell how emotional the game was last night for Sean McDermott and company because, hey, 
you know, we talked about it last week when we broke down this game. I mean, the Patriots are a huge, big, physical football team. The Bills are physical, but they're not big. They knew they had to kind of like ratchet up at, like to another degree last night of just a frenzy of craziness. I mean, forget the players on the field. Sean McDermott looked like he was ready to go out in the middle of the field and fight people the whole game. So that that was emotional. They knew it was about hitting, not being pushed around. You know, that's how they lost to the Colts. That's how they lost to the Titans. They look at themselves as a Super Bowl team. You know, so you know no, they don't need to be embarrassed by their performance at all. But it is this type of team that gives them issues. When you got guys like Trent Brown. And the rest of that group, Shaq Mason and company there in, in New England, where it's a bunch of 300-pounders, 315, offensively, defensively. You know, they, they wore on the, the Bills. They really did. And this is kind of the Bills' kryptonite. And it's, it's going to be one of those, you, you hope they don't get that type of matchup uh, in the playoffs if you're a Bills fan. Now, with that said, yeah. and, and I'm somewhat hesitant to just blurt out what's coming to my brain after getting tag-teamed by you and Pete earlier when I made a valid point on the dangers of handing the ball off late in a game like that when you don't really have to, but I digress. Why aren't the Bills built differently? Why are they built like that? They play outdoors in western New York. You're going to have games like this. Why are they built like the, the greatest show on turf? Why are they built like the Chargers in the late 80s? It just kind of occurred to me. Why aren't you built like an ass-kicking Run the ball, stop the run, play good defense, take advantage of the elements, try to get yourself in a position where you're playing in the elements in January. They're striving for the one seed. I don't think you want it if you're the Bills. I don't think you want to be outdoors. They're <laughs> yeah. looking to build a new stadium. Right. Maybe they should build a dome up there. Hey, listen, it, it, that's a real thing. Now, they have a quarterback. They got a quarterback who, of course, can throw through the elements just about no matter what. But you're right, Mike. I mean, yeah, they, they, they're, they're missing something for Northeast football come, you know, playoff time. You're, you're right. And what I would even argue against that too, is they're not built like the greatest show on turf either. That's where I we got to start beating this down. Everybody's brain. People don't realize. Okay. I mean, we got, we got Stefan Diggs. That's he's the man. We got that. But after that, it's just, it's just a lot of guy, good guys. Good. Nothing solid. Dawson Knox. You can see he can run a little, he can barely catch a cold, run a bear, Bare butt through Alaska. We saw that last night. You know, Cole Beasley, non-existent really. Emmanuel Sanders, again, a reason he's on third team and third year. It's 12, 12 years in the career. So they're not that great that way either. It's the Josh Allen show. It's, oh, wait, you're not that open. Let me throw a laser and just hit the bullseye. That's how they play. But, you're, Mike, Mike your, your question's right. I don't know if they intended it to be this way, but maybe it's Josh Allen's talent that changed them. They just haven't been able to get the offensive line the right way, the right running back the right way. And they thought fell in the trap last year of, hey, we're so great at throwing, let's just keep throwing. And they've lost their physicality element and in, in the ability to control the line of scrimmage at all. Now, it's not like that wind is a common occurrence, but you are going to no. have to play in the elements, and the weather will be a factor from time to time. But you're bringing in teams like the Colts. Yes, who right. seem to be better constructed to play. No doubt in those conditions that you're likely to get in Western New York in December and January, the Patriots better constructed to deal with it. The Titans, you could argue better constructed to deal with it. And the bills just aren't. And I understand back from 1990 through 1993 yeah. with the Kagan offense, it worked, but I, it it's just tough, would Mike. seem that it would seem the, the it's, it's your, it's conducive to having a team 
that is more constructed for that anyway, and it would have served them well last night if, no, if my, the team I, was built that way. No, Mike, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, you would think, too, with the defensive head coach, that would be the way you know, you'd want to want to play. But I really think it's Josh Allen that kind of fell, you know, into their lap as far as whoa, he's so good, you know. And they just they're they're going with that, you know. It's like New England and and two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, we play in New England. We run the ball. We want to play defense. But damn, we got Brady and we got receivers. That's our best way to win. So that's what we're gonna do. And that's kind of the way the Bills have gone. But yeah, they've lost all ability to run the ball, and that's where it comes back to bite them in the butt, like a night like last night. You're right. And yeah, that's the worry for them. You know, big physical team, you know, that can run the ball, control the clock. You know, the Patriots got good guys in the secondary. They can slow down the pass game. Belichick amazing when he knows there's only one, you know, element of your offense that he really has to defend. And that's why, you know, I don't I don't know. Wind, no wind. You know, I, I think the Bills versus Patriots is a tough matchup for the Bills. I really do. And it's going to be tough sledding even with no wind in New England maybe in a few weeks. It won't be easy for that offense. Bill Belichick said last night that the wind wasn't as bad as it was when they had a game in Buffalo, December 28, 2008. The Patriots won that game 13-0. In that game, Matt Castle, because that was the Tom Brady torn ACL year, right. he threw eight passes. So it's it wasn't a dramatically different game plan this time around. Only three, eight back in, in 2008, completed six for 78 yards uh, and no touchdowns. But it was, it was heavy running both – from uh god and i can't even you know i just see morris and jordan i'd have to think who who was morris and jordan in 2008 for the patriots they don't have their first names here that's how long ago right, it was man. Uh, fred yeah i don't know s morris and l jordan lamont i don't jordan? remember was it lamont was it, jordan would have been one lamont jordan sammy morris pete says pete i think you're right pete but 24 man. carries for morris and 20 carries for jordan back in that game um now Everyone's crediting Belichick for his genius if we remove the Except for his running the ball at the end of the game. What an idiot that and, guy and is. Handing, and trying to, trying to duplicate the miracle in the Meadowlands all these years later. Other than those two things, everyone's saying he's a genius. He's a genius. Except Sean McDermott. Except Sean McDermott. Let's hear from Sean McDermott saying, don't give Belichick too much credit for this one. <laughs> Let's not give more credit than we need to give credit to Bill Belichick in this one. It was... Um, whether it's Bill or anybody else, they beat us, right? But you sit here and you tell me when they start with the average starting, when we start with the average starting field position at the 40-yard line and he starts with the 23-yard line, and I'm rounding up in both cases, and we were 1 for 4 in the red zone and they were 0 for 1 in the red zone, you give me that ahead of them, I'm saying I like my chances. I like my chances. So it's not, I don't think, with all due respect, it's not a Bill Belichick type thing. It's what are you doing with the opportunities you got? What are you doing with the opportunities you got? We turned the ball over at the plus 30-some yard line. Sloppy football. Sloppy football. So um, I'm very comfortable in that situation. Um, this gets back to what we talked about earlier, though. He didn't unleash his quarterback until it was too late. Because if they had been playing... The whole game, the way they played those final two drives, they would have had more than 10 points. They would have had more than 10 points, Chris. Probably. I mean, again, it did look like the wind settled down towards the end of the football game, you know, as compared to early on. You're right. But, I mean, you know, I, listen, Sean McDermott doesn't want to give anything to the Patriots. He's mad. He was mad after the game. You could tell the way he shook Belichick's hand. He was pissed off. He was. 
You know, and he was emotional the whole football game. He knew it was going to be about physicality. He wanted his defense to answer the bell. They lost. But I think, like, you know, and the fact that where he says, I don't want to give Bill Belichick too much credit, you know, they started at their own 23 and we started at their 46. Well, damn, that says a lot right there. The team that started their own 23 won the game. Why is that? Because of Bill Belichick. Sorry, that's just the answer. Sorry. He didn't throw the ball or put them in bad positions to have a turnover early in the game. He relied. He didn't panic. Okay, so what? We're going to have to punt into the win. We'll play defense. We'll do things the right way that way. You know, he knew that they were going to be throwing the ball. And, yeah, it's windy. You don't know. You can't depend on maybe being surgical in a night like tonight. Um, I, I mean, again, I, I, like, yeah, okay, there's other elements at play here. But, I mean, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick won a game throwing the ball three times. And it worked out. I mean, I, I don't know what other way to say it. That that's that's gutsy, ballsy, whatever. And then the ability to manage the game and know maybe what you can and can't do or don't want to do as an offense. I don't. That's all Bill Belichick, in my opinion. Uh, that is. I know McDermott wants to, you know, not give him too much credit because they're rivals and he wants to beat their ass and all that. But uh, I got to give cre credit to to Belichick for sure. Well, and the thing that McDermott may be losing sight of. You're playing him again in a few weeks. Yeah. Why would you not go Lou Holtz versus Jacksonville State right, right. on Bill Belichick's performance? Why, why Why? would you say anything other than, well, we saw tonight why he's the greatest coach of all time, and I don't know how the hell we're going to beat him in three weeks. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just say that? Yeah, just give him the praise. You're right. I, I, I don't disagree. You're right. That's the kind of thing, too, where he says that. I mean, he's going to get the guys in the, the locker room in New England. to They'll hear that, and they're going to go, damn, wait, our coach is the man. I mean, again – like, little things about them winning the game. It's third and five at the end of the game, or not the end of the game, in the third quarter, right? Long drive. Buffalo's supposed to have their wind at their back. But guess what? New England's controlling the clock, going against the wind. Josh Allen in the past game, aren't gonna, they're going to go half the quarter, more than half the quarter, without being able to take advantage of the thing they wanted in the third quarter. I mean, that's, that's doing it. But wait, third and five. I mean, here's the little things. They quarterback sneak for three and a half yards and then quarterback sneak again on fourth down. I mean, I just – the patience, the thought process, the ability to, wait, basically have five run plays and just go, okay, wait, they're overplaying this run play now. Here's – let's go to this run play because that compounds that. Oh, wait, now they got an answer for that? All right, let's go to this one. Oh, wait, they're overplaying that? Let's go back to square one again and get back to that one again because now they're overplaying, you know, run number three. That, that, to me, is just off the charts good, let alone what he's built there already in New England since Brady's left. I mean, come on. It's, it's amazing. Belichick is absolutely amazing. And you made an excellent point with the idea that this whole field position thing, McDermott's argument he is a lot he contradicts stronger himself. if it is the other way. Right. Yeah, he doesn't even realize <laughs> right. it. He was so emotional and so pissed and – Look, they were 4-1, and one, and they were the only dominant team in football once upon a time. And the Patriots were 2-4. and four. Yeah. And it yeah. looked like the Bills were going to strengthen their hammerlock on the division, and they're here to stay. And sorry, Patriots, you had your run. And now, you know, just a couple of months later, they're getting the, the rude awakening. And, and we're seeing Sean McDermott process it in real time. Right. He's not happy that the, the – advantage he thought he built over the Patriots is now gone. It's gone. 
The edge you had a year ago over the Patriots is now gone. And the Patriots dedicated themselves to getting better in the offseason, and the Bills didn't. And that's the difference, yeah. Chris, right? No, How much no better did the Bills make themselves from last year to this year? Not much. Not if much. anything, they've regressed. I agree. And the Patriots agreed. went all in and did what they had to do. Look at that. Look, look at that. In just one day, how the odds have swung on the AFC East winner. And if you'd been listening to us, you'd have bet it when it was plus 100 because we've we've felt this coming. Well, I've I, felt this coming I for weeks say now. We had a draft. I want to say we had a draft in week five or six, and we both were like we, we talked about the team that we'd say still watch out for. I know we both were on New England. You know, and I, I listen, I, know I had some people in my fo- football world that like, I don't see it. And, man. You know, again, like, you know, to what you're talking about, what he did this offseason, what he rebuilt, starting from just square one of like, let's dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You know, the versatility they have throughout their defense to match up against any offense. Uh, it, it's amazing. You're right. And I mean, you know, what, what, what's the old saying? Like, if you're, if you're staying the same, you're getting worse or what is, is that right? Blah, blah, blah. I think I'm somewhat close. I mean, that's yeah. what Buff- you're right to Buffalo, too. They kind of, hey, we're good. I mean, what what did they really do in the offseason to improve their football team? They kind of took the approach of, nah, we're, we're, we'll, we'll trade out John Brown for Emmanuel Sanders. Whoa, I, I mean, okay, fine. That's all we're going to do? That's all they did. You know, and there's New England revamping their team completely. Early season struggles, guys getting used to playing the New England way, and now we've seen they've got the New England way, and it's watch out NFL because – uh, the Pats are back, and they can play with anybody. I don't have any doubt about that. This is this is now seven straight games where their opponents are scoring right in the average it's range amazing. of ten points. Yeah, because they they gave up ten last night on top of the average of ten in the six games before that. They they're putting the clamps on the opponents, Woo. and they're doing what they have to do to move the ball and score points. It really is amazing let's hear a little from josh will uh, allen on playing in the wind and bill belichick on josh allen since these two teams are going to get together again let's see if if belichick uh was effusive in his praise of the guy he's going to face in three weeks or or said man he's not very good let's have a listen <laughs> i don't know if it affected us too bad um maybe a throw here or there but again uh, that's that's why i'm here to play in those types of conditions and um got to find a way you know, I, look, Josh did a good job throwing the ball out there today, and um, you know, it's, it's not easy. I thought he did a pretty good job. So, not that he, you know, had a career day or anything, but it was it was tough conditions. But he he slung it in there pretty good, made some really good throws. Yeah, and it makes me wonder why the hell they didn't do it before the fourth quarter. I, I and you know, Josh Allen even though he's only four years in, he knows he's not going to say anything publicly. And I'm, and, and maybe I'm detecting it because I'm looking for it. But I think you sit him down and you attach him to yeah. a lie detector test, you give him a couple shots of whiskey, and he's eventually going to say, I don't know why the hell they didn't let me do my thing yeah. earlier in the game. Yeah, I right. played a Wyoming for crying out loud. That's right. I, I know That's what it's right. like to be in the elements. Uh, let, me, let me be in the elements. Let me, yeah. let me play in the elements. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, that is why they got him. You know, again, he has that gift like Brady did in New England. It just doesn't matter. You know, he throws a pure ball. It just, just he's got a strong arm. He can throw it through the wind. You're right. They didn't they 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 didn't trust it, and they should have earlier in the football game. There's no doubt, um, because you could see very. I mean, hey, listen, 
you know, again, I think where the elements played a more they, – they didn't affect Josh Allen. They might have affected the receiver. I'm sure the ball was moving as it was coming in. And, of course, when he's having to throw at 174 miles per hour, it probably wasn't easy. I would think that's what happened to Stephon Diggs on the long pass that he dropped in the end zone. You know, Allen threw it in the perfect place, but who knows? The ball might have dropped and rose and dropped and rose three or four times on the way. I'm sure it was hard to track the football. It was, but it was amazing. I think you could tell with the way Belichick acted there. Belichick sought him out after the game, and you could tell it was one of those, like, let me make sure I go see this guy because that was pretty amazing there. Um, But, yeah, the Patriots are better built for for the elements altogether. And the Patriots, you know, again, Allen – some of his best plays were were drops and incompletions. They got pressure on him, you know, but they still they couldn't contain him. He still gets outside the pocket. Here's a three man rush, you know. Okay, that's incomplete. But the Patriots again, it goes to their size. Barrymore, Godshaw, they just push the pocket. Nobody's open there. They collapse it. You know, that's, that's where the Patriots again. You know, maybe not as, like, sexy always with the pass rush, but when you talk about Judon, Barrymore, the way they're coached, they make quarterbacks uncomfortable, and Allen was uncomfortable with what he saw down the field and, and of course, with the people in his face all night. Do we have the play where Dawson Knox has this shot at the touchdown catch and the pass is broken up late? Because there's something I noticed watching sure. the game that confuses me. If we have that play. That was an amazing play, throw. That's the one where... Josh Allen does what he can to keep the play alive as long as he can. Now, here's the Diggs play. That was an opportunity. You know, it kind of sails. You're playing in the wind, and it happens. And uh, here's the, the next play. I mean, that's insane okay, getaway. Okay, now watch this. Now, here's the thing, and I think we may need a different angle. I see Stephon Diggs kind of walking. Stephon Diggs was open. Over the middle. But he, I, he, but he didn't. Like when the quarterback improvised, he didn't improvise with him. I got he just kind of stopped. Right. And that was kind of confusing to me because, you know, if he would have started moving around, maybe he would have sprung free. He was just kind of walking in the middle of the field. And and I I'm, I was just curious about that. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I saw because, it. I think that was because a, he was open. Right. He was open. But, but you know, when the quarterback starts moving around, you got to go somewhere. No you doubt. don't just stop. No doubt. That, that was just and, – and we you know how we feel about Stephon Diggs. We love Stephon Diggs. But maybe he could have found a spot where Josh Allen could have sent a laser his way and right. they would have won the game. Yeah, right. Oh, I, I, you know, I think there's two things. I mean, he was open. I think he was the original read too. I mean, go back, guys. Can we play that package of plays again? I know we're having a little issue with rewinding plays and doing that today. So we got to kind of watch it in real time. But, like, you know, I think he got pressure in his face – you know, originally, and again, this is the second and nine that sails out of bounds to the right side there. I mean, again, this is him throwing into the wind, not affected at all. Here it is right there. He's running like a little jerk route. I think the ball would have gone to him on rhythm, but Allen got, you know, pressure right away. And Dawson Knox, come back to the ball. Like, what are you doing? Just standing there. Go get it. Go get in front of the guy. But th- you know? I see a green area there if Stephon Yeah, you're right. If he would have reacted. Him an underneath option. Yes, no doubt. And then this play here, hey, Allen will regret he didn't go down the middle to Cole Beasley like Brian Greasy showed. That That's the place you want to go. I know he's playing Stephon Diggs and he wants to go to his best guy. Uh, but for that blitz. That throw wasn't getting to Gabriel. I thought it was no, Gabriel Davis. No, it was going to be underneath. You're right. It was Gabriel Davis. You're right. It was, uh, was going to be behind and too low. You're right. It wasn't going right, to get there. Right, Yes. Right. Agreed. So, but but again, uh, you know, I think your point, Mike, the fact that they unleash him too late 
and it was just too little too late. He finally started getting a rhythm. Uh, I think it was a real thing last night. I do think that's where Buffalo maybe dropped the ball a little bit. They should have just let him go and let him throw lasers around the field because we see it, it didn't affect it all that much with him. And that's the irony of this one. We've seen Ryan Dayball as he focuses on his new job in an effort to parlay it, or his current job in an effort to parlay it into his new, next job. He's been maybe a little too much. And I, I don't know if he was under orders. Yeah, I'd love to know strategically what went into the first half of the game, how much they ripped up the game plan on the fly, how much Sean McDermott was involved saying, hey, I, I see all these pass plays you have dialed up. We can't, you know, we, we, we can't do that tonight. Have you been outside? We can't do it tonight. Well, our guy can. Eh. You know, I, I, there's got to be a story yeah. behind the story yeah, I got on you. how they, they switched. Maybe they switched. Well, they had to have. Everybody adapted last night. If you didn't adapt to the conditions last night, you were nuts. The problem is the Bills overdid it. The Bills had the guy that you didn't have to adapt for. Mac Jones, you got to adapt. If you got Josh Allen, you don't have to adapt, and they figured it out too late. That yeah. was my big takeaway no, from the game. I'm, I'm with you. I think you're right. Exactly right. I mean, you know, and, and uh, well, I mean, listen, I know there was a few controversial calls, right, that went on during the game that I know people on social media were going a little crazy about. I don't know if we want to show those Pete or not, you know, but I didn't have any the, issue the, with the, them. Wait, the Josh Allen while he's airborne that was and not ridiculous. Even out of bounds yet ridiculous. And get and and there's a personal foul for pushing him out of bounds. Absolutely ridiculous. Like he was in bounds. He jumped. That's field the play. Again, it's just I uh, you know, you know, I, I don't even get that. I don't even understand that. It's just overprotection of the quarterback. There were some other ones that I had no issues with that weren't flagged with Matt Judon hitting Josh Allen at one point. But I mean this is like it's third and seven. It's Josh Allen. Other than like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, this is the most freaky quarterback in football when it comes to tucking it away and running. I mean, what, what, what? I mean, what are we gonna? We're gonna. Hey, just what, they want to just let him let him soar through the air the next time and get the first down. That's he barely the, touches him. It's he ridiculous. He barely touches him, it's and he's ridiculous. trying to get the ball to the sticks, yes. and he's saying, "Just go. You're not. I'm not gonna. I, it's ridiculous. And for for a guy who didn't draw a flag. In the Thanksgiving night game when he got torpedoed low. Right. And, and and that guy didn't even get fined either that hit Josh Allen low like that. It's amazing that in one week they've changed as fast. That just shows you how inconsistent the crews are. Crazy. And, and to get back to the drum that will beat tomorrow yeah. after further review, yeah. if you have full-time officials, you have a greater sense of consistency among your crews because they're all talking and comparing notes all the time. Here's another one where Matt Judon hit Josh Allen, and perhaps there should have been a flag thrown. Let's see that. That's the driving into the ground. Uh, maybe a little bit of the helmet. Now, here's the – this is the, – the bad calls this year warp our sense of reality. I have no issue with that. Any other year I'd look at that That's called hitting the quarterback. Right. But but when you've seen the flag yeah. come out for right. far less, you're thinking, right. what's up here? Why didn't they do it? That's the problem with having these crews all over the place. It creates warped expectations as to when you're going to see a flag. No doubt about it. And I'm glad they didn't call. Again, to me, that's not what the rule was intended for. That was a hard hit. Yes, he landed on the guy. The rule was intended to stop what really – I know like my dad and Reggie White were on there. It's, it's to stop the dead weight rule of picking the quarterback up and now just let all my weight fall on the quarterback. That's not what that was. That's hitting the quarterback and driving through the target. So I have no issue with that. You'll never hear me complain about that. But you're right. We've seen calls far less egregious than that get called, and that's where we're all warped in the brain right now in the NFL. 
I wish someone in NFL Films would go through all those archives, and I'm sure it's not like it used to be where they had the the metal round cans yeah, of the film, yeah. you know. But all the plays where your dad oh. got driven into the green cement at Giant Stadium, oh, yeah, or the, at vet, the old Veterans right, Stadium, right. and and all those all those things. Like what if we could see them one after another, after another, after another, after another? we would be horrified yes. in light of the way our expectations as to how quarterbacks are treated have been changed so dramatically over the past 30 years. No, no doubt about it. It, it is. And, you know, from my understanding, that was, it was kind of the Reggie White rule. And, and my dad would have a lot more cartilage and bones in his shoulder if this how rule, rule had been put in place. How is he even walking upright I, it, at 65? I, that's why we call him the big effort. That's why we call him the big effort right there, because he just took beatings from Jerome Brown and Reggie White and Chris Dolman and said, screw you, bring it on. That's why he's the big effort right there. <laughs> uh, unbelievable when you think about it. And, you know, even though we don't have something like that, although I'd love to, there's plenty of old games that the NFL has put on YouTube, and it yeah, really yeah. is eye-opening when right. you dial up a game, any game, any game from the 80s. Yep. Dial it up and watch it, and you'll be like, oh, my God. I know. They didn't put those guys in jail for what they were doing <laughs> to each other? It just Seriously. shows you how much the game has changed. All right. Uh, let's hear from Josh Allen talking about the struggles of the Bills, who started 4-1 and one and have gone 3-4 and four since that moment where I said they're the best team in football. They're yeah. clearly anything but now. Here's Allen. I don't know if it's spiraling out of control. I don't know if I'd put it in that context, but um, you know we got to win the close ones. Uh, we got to find a way, and uh, we were one four in the red zone tonight. Didn't didn't play good enough. Um, I take that very personally, and you know I got to play better, be better for this team. Yeah, we got to find a way to win. Um, I don't know what you want me to say. Like again, we didn't play good enough. Uh, we gotta we gotta play better than the other team that we play on every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever it may be. Um, we haven't done that. You know, this can be one that that can rip us apart or bring us together, and I think the latter. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Look, you get a lot of frustration when you start as well as you did and people start thinking about playing in L.A. in February. And, hell, I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl before the season. Shows you what an idiot I am. No, you're but not the Bills are now clinging to the seventh seed. Yeah. And look at all – when you look at that, it dawned on me last night. We were talking about this on PFTPM. Five of those teams are not going to make the playoffs. And it's not necessarily the five in the last column. No. Five five of the teams that you were looking at are not getting – five of them are not getting in. And I'd say one or two who are currently in the hunt are going to bump some of these other teams. Now, the, the division leads are starting to lock in, but there's still only a two-game spread right. with five to play. Yeah. A lot is going to happen down the stretch, Chris. A lot is. And, you know, I mean, with the AFC North, we got all those teams playing each other down the stretch. I mean, there, there's this. There's still a lot of variables up play here. I'm still a believer in Buffalo. I am. That defense is still top-notch. Josh Allen is still as good as anybody in the game, if not the best QB in the game. I mean, as far as making plays, he's dangerous. They just got to get in the tournament. That's that's all we got to see. And as we know, the last two years, hey, yeah, last year we thought it was because of the pandemic. We're seeing. Who gives a damn about being on the road? It doesn't matter anymore. So I wouldn't count anybody out in this AFC playoff race. I still think the Colts are going to get in at the end of the day. I think the Bills will get in. And again, with the Bills, hey, the Colts game they had, that was ugly. The Jacksonville game, they're going to look at that and go, how the hell did we lose that? But man, they're some longer spikes away from beating the Tennessee Titans on a QB sneak late in the football game. Last night, that game was there to be had. 
you know, they still have played a lot of good football. Uh, but it's it's these games that we I think we look at and go, ooh, can they get over the hump against a bigger physical run the ball type of football team in the AFC playoffs? I think that's still the big million dollar question with the Bills football team. They get a chance to get right back right? on the horse. Right. Five days from now, they play the Buccaneers in Tampa. Whoa. So I don't know that you want that. I think you'd I think you'd like to flip the order if you could and play the Panthers next. I, I just think <laughs> yeah, that you need a break. you need a little palate a little palate cleanser yeah. after last night before you get thrown right back into it. And and this is an opportunity for the Bills to really reestablish themselves if they can pull it off. But I think this time of year, you go into this game seven five, seven and five, and you look at all those other teams, there is a tremendous difference between eight and five and seven and six yeah. this time of year with yeah. all those other teams. Tremendous. No doubt. So that's a huge game. They lose that when they got the Panthers. Then they play at New England the day after Christmas. They have the Falcons at home on January 2nd, and they finish with the Jets. So they should be able to win the last two. Yeah. The question is, of the next three, Bucks, Panthers, Patriots, can they win two of them? I think they need to win two of them. Not that, not that ten, they should go ten and seven. I, I ten think and that's seven how should I look get at them for in. Sure, ten and seven. Right. But it ain't going to win the division. It's not going to win the division. I don't think so either. I don't. And you know, let's see how it goes with the Bucks. They, I think they can beat the Bucks. You know, again, we know how talented the Bucks are, but I mean, the Bucks are like they're kind of begging for teams to beat them right now. I mean, they they were outplayed by the Colts. You know, their defense couldn't get off the field a, a, a lot against Matt Ryan and company there with some, you know, slower, time-consuming drives. I, I would think that Josh Allen and company could throw the ball a little bit on a Buccaneers defense that's letting up some passing yards and stuff right now. I would. By the way, hang on. We're not we're not looking at three straight road games for the Bills, by the way. I apologize for Two the error on the graphic. It's, it's they're at home against the Panthers, so it's not three straight road games right in the – you know, in the throes of the holiday season, they got to pack up and leave and pack up and leave and pack up and leave. They will be home for December 19, but, but they should win regardless of where they play the Panthers. They should win that game. It's the other two. It's the two slices of bread on that Panther sandwich. That are the problem, the Buccaneers and then the Patriots and the Patriots have a buy between now and then yeah. there was a, a funny quote today from Bill Belichick. We should probably wrap the segment on this. He was on the Greg Hill show on WEEI Due to the weather, will you be able to take anything from this game into the rematch on December 26th? Belichick laughed and said, we were talking about that last night. We can use our whole passing game. All the pass plays we have, they've seen none of them, which is true. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> which is true. It's great. It is. It is. They're not going to know what really to defend Buffalo. That's an advantage New England because they're going to go, well, we don't even really know how they were going to attack us. And, of course, Buffalo's going to be that much more concerned about stopping the run, realizing, wait, we didn't even have to worry about the pass, and we had issues stopping the run. Now you sprinkle in some passes and some play actions. You know, again, ultimately, you know, at, at first glance, again, I thought the win was like, hey, that's great for New England because Buffalo wants to throw the ball. But as the game went on, I mean, it almost became more of a handicap to New England, the fact that that was not even a uh, – you couldn't even broach the subject to throw in the football. Uh, so, that, yeah, that'll be interesting, and they won't have to add much to their past game plan, that's for sure. We mentioned the Bills play the Panthers coming up in a couple of weeks. They will not be dealing with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator as they prepare. The bad news dump that the Panthers discovered, a new bad news dump, 
let something be known during the games on Sunday. We're going to take a closer <laughs> look at why the Panthers fired Joe Brady on Sunday afternoon when this Tuesday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so the Panthers offense has, my God, not been good this year. When all those categories are in the mid to low 20s, except for one, that is not good. And that resulted in a change being made out of the Carolina Blue on Sunday. Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, is out here as Matt Rule coached the team from Monday, explaining the decision to fire Joe Brady and saying that he had no regrets hiring him fewer than two years ago. Here's Rule. It was just purely football. I think, um, um, you know, that this was uh, this was in the best interest of us moving forward. I feel like we can play better on offense. Uh, that's not about any one person or any one thing, but I just um, feel like, uh, you know, th- th- this was the best way that I can help us move uh, this forward. I, I When I took the job, I decided to, you know, uh, I decided to be bold and step outside my comfort zone and, um, you know, someone that I knew and went, went in a d- different direction. I went with Joe and I, I certainly don't look at that as a mistake. I think what Joe did the first year dealing with COVID and installing a whole new system, you know, we obviously had some turnover at the quarterback position. I think um, I look at Joe's time here as all, I see all the good things that he did. Um, you know, it's just a, you get to a time such as this and it's time to, you know, move in another direction and continue the evolution and the process of building forward. Um, and I'll just say it again. I think Joe's going to have a fantastic career. Um, sometimes the worst things that happen to you are the best. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for his time here. That is just so weird to me. He fired him. I look at the good things Joe did. Well, you, didn't, you apparently didn't find enough of them. You fired him. You, you didn't demote him. You didn't, you know, change up his duties. You told him, pack your, I almost said the word, and leave. That's what you told him. It's hard to reconcile that one day with this very nonchalant praise of him the next day. You fired him. Something was going on there that caused you to fire him. Something was going on that caused you to fire him 
on the Sunday, the midpoint of your two-week break. Not the Monday yeah. after you guys got stomped by That's the Dolphins doctor, right. and your offense looked horrible. I want to know what happened in Carolina. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I want to know, and I deliberate if it's a Godfather thing. We got you. I know the, right. I know the proper days of the week. But what happened? Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. What happened between Monday and Sunday to get to this point? How involved was David Tepper, who we know? We know. We, we know he's involved. How much of it was Joe Brady and Cam Newton not quite mixing the way that they should? Joe Brady not quite being as flexible as he needs to be to reincorporate Cam Newton into the Carolina offense? There's got to be something because this doesn't happen. Well, it did. It doesn't happen in a properly functioning football team we say all the time dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things well when dysfunctional things happen you work backward and say map uh, uh, dysfunctional team yeah i mean i mean hey first thing like you said you know the over the top praise you know after you fired them and again it's coach speak you know these guys don't ever want to talk badly about you know another coach they feel like, oh, if I say things bad, it might affect his career down the road. They're not trying to ruin their lives or their family. He fired I him know. a day I know. before. But they don't want to publicly ridiculous. do it or say it that way. You look like a liar. Right? Oh, he's a great guy. I'm thinking all the great things he did. He's going to have a great career. We just could not keep that SOB around here for another minute. Well, I'm telling you. No, oh, oh, you, could, we have, could we have gotten through the next five games? We could have. But I had to get that guy out of here or I was going to strangle him. I mean. It doesn't – you can't reconcile the two. No. Why? Well, I mean, I know he's got to address it, but this is where Bill Belichick is a master because Belichick would have never, ever, ever spoken like that yesterday. No, because no Because it's important we have to realize you look – you set yourself up. I'm not saying that Matt Rule is a buffoon. You set yourself up to look like one. When you say things like that a day after you told a guy, pack your things and leave. Yeah, no, you're right. Belichick would have gained, hey, we respect what Joe did. He gave us a lot of hard work, but we just felt like it was the best, you know, interest of our organization to move on. We we had some philosophical differences. And you leave it at that. You're right. You know, but but again, hey, the issue at hand was pretty pretty plain and simple. You know, I I think you heard me say for a number of weeks, right, with the Carolina yes. Panthers offense. There's just there's nothing there. You know, there's too many games I was turning on going, wait, I've seen this play. It's late in the second quarter. I've seen it five times already. I'm all about repeating plays, right? Like New England repeated plays last night. Shanahan and the 49ers repeat plays, but they work. They're going, oh, that play that worked for 20 yards before, we're going to call it again. Carolina's calling plays with Joe Brady where I want to go, that play worked for minus two yards before. And you called it again, and it went for one yard. And you called it again, and it went for minus five. And we're still calling it like it was the best play in our offense. And that's the issue. The league caught on to the Joe Brady offense. There was no answers. You know, Mike, how many games did I come in here and tell you on a Tuesday or Wednesday where I went, yeah, Sam Darnold wasn't good. I get it. But, man, the defenders on some of these teams were running the routes for Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. You know, there's too much talent on that team on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not saying they should be the greatest show on turf, but there's there's plenty of talent to go around to where they should have better results, especially in the passing game, than they do. So I understand the change. What I don't understand, Mike, is what you said. 
All right, go ahead. You want to you want to jump into this and say L- something? Let me say that because yeah. then we're gonna right. we're gonna get into the timing of it in a second. Yeah, okay. Here's my, here's right. my point. Right. I think this is what happens when you bring a coach from college who yeah. has always been at college. Matt Rule had one year as an assistant offensive line coach with the Giants in 2012, I believe. What because at college, it's it's not about your constantly evolving and self scouted schemes. It's it's just about you. You got your system. You line your guys up. You got better players. You go out and recruit better players. You do your thing. They're not going to have an answer for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. At the NFL level, you have to constantly be evaluating everything you're doing while you're probing your opponent every week for the things they do that you want to attack. You have to be guarding your own flank against them figuring out what you do, and you got to figure out what you do before they do. And you got to zig when they think you're going to zag. Exactly. Mike Tomlin talked about this last week as related to attacking Lamar Jackson. The Dolphins go heavy blitz. The Browns don't. It's a cat and mouse chess match of what do they expect? It's not just what are we going to do. What do they expect? Yes. And and when when you when you bring a college coach in who hasn't lived that life, is it a surprise that the systems aren't in place to aggressively self scout? and evolve your offense as the season goes on. Because they ran into a brick wall once there was enough film out there to figure out what they were doing this year with Sam Darnold. No, plain and simple. Yeah, plain and simple. Exactly right. Yeah, college college head coach, you know, college OC, who you bring in. And I know Joe Brady was with Sean Payton and company for a short while too there. But, yeah, you know, again, you understand the base level of stuff. But, you know, you got to be around people like Sean Payton for a long time to realize, you know, how he evolves – why he calls certain pass plays that are, yeah, wait, we call this play all the time, but he always calls it against the right defense or packages it with the right play, you know, understands the sequencing of how to call plays so they all tie together and you're not just throwing darts at a dartboard. You know, that was what to me was missing uh, from the offense, uh, certainly. There's no doubt. And no adjustment there at all. You know, and again, I know they haven't had a great quarterback play, but I don't think they've done the quarterback many favors. And that, like, Miami game, yes. They had no answers for some of the defenses Miami threw at them. You know, very underwhelming game plan that way other than one big pass play early on in the football game. Uh, I got to think, Mike, the timing of it, like you talked about, there had to been conversations all week about – it's so weird. You're right. It's a bye week. They waited six days to fire the offensive coordinator. Why wouldn't you fire him day one or day two? I got to think there was a lot of talk about approach. What are you going to do? What are we going to change? And maybe there was just a continuing of butting of heads as the week went on to finally went, wait, he's not going to change. He's not capable. And we just got to cut the cord and move on. I really don't know, but it's very intriguing. Here's what Matt Rule had to say yesterday about why they did it when they did it. Planned on meeting with Joe on Saturday. Uh, He wasn't available Saturday. So I sat sat down with Joe yesterday on Sunday. Uh, informed him uh, that I was going to go in a different direction. Came out of the game with some feelings and just, uh, you know, in a lot of different areas and just took the week to go back and watch tape and think about it and, um, um, you know, kind of came, uh, finalized a decision later in the week. By waiting kind of later in the week, did, did that kind of hurt in terms of giving Jeff a head start on kind of getting things organized and so forth? No. Everyone had projects to do last week, so everyone got their stuff done. And, um, um, you know, we're not changing what we are or what we're doing. We're just, you know, you know, we're, 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 you know, we have our offense, we have our installations. It's just about, um, 
you know, the vision we have for, for, for what we're doing right now. He wasn't available to come in on Saturday. Hey, 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 Joe, it's kind of important. It's kind of imp- I know you want to watch Alabama, Georgia, but it's kind of important that you come in today. We we kind of have a fairly urgent matter to I discuss mean, with you yeah. today. That's just weird to me. I think that when the light bulb finally flickered for them, somebody decided, hey, let's drop this at a time when it's going to make the minimum waves. Let's drop this stone yeah. at the right angle so it just plops right in and doesn't splash. And it worked. Now here we we're 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 still we're still talking about it. We're talking I don't know how many other people are talking about yeah, it. It was right. just kind of psh, gone. Yeah. Um Cam Newton has not been mentioned yet. Remember when I said as they were getting Cam Newton involved, this isn't about teaching Cam Newton the Joe Brady offense. This is about teaching Joe Brady the Cam Newton offense. And I wonder if at some level the failure of Joe Brady to get positive results out of Cam because it's not Cam's fault. It trust me, it, it is not Cam's fault. Okay? And we know the force of that personality. I, I want to know is the story behind the story here that Cam Newton and Joe Brady just did not click. And they're all in with Cam Newton for the balance of the season. That's the impression they've created. Is, is this a situation where Matt was like, you know, I'm probably going to make a change after the season anyway, and if I want to salvage the final five games, and if I want to have a chance of not being next, because there are people around the league who think that Matt Rule is going to be next, David Tepper is going to say, I don't care what the buyout is. You know, hey, I'm looking for a great coach, and I've decided based on a year and a half you're not a great coach. I'm going to go hire a great coach. It, it may be that this was self-preservation by Rule, picking Newton over Brady to get the most he could out of Newton because Cam Newton was just not going to click with Joe Brady and Joe Brady was refusing to click with Cam Newton. Yeah, that I, could be the explanation. It, it could be. I mean, there's obviously a philosophical issue there, you know, with, with how Joe Brady was approaching the game and the Matt Rule, you know, obviously didn't like it. How could he? The results weren't good. You know, I don't I don't know if I ever understood kind of really again, we talk about identities. I'm not sure what they were, what they are. You know, they weren't an overly complicated run team when you break it down. Pass game, it was like West Coast offense light. You know, that's how I would explain it. Like, you know, all your basics from the West Coast offense. But that's it. You know, and again, they, we've talked about this before. You know, West Coast offense with some of the old school defensive coordinators in football, the basics, they know the basics better than a guy like Joe Brady. They've been, they've been studying the West Coast offense since he was a little kid. So that's where you just got to evolve. And, yeah, I would think that, you know, there's a number of issues there. But the timing certainly seems a little weird. I do think, to your point, it was all about, you know, trying to create the least amount of news. That's why after the Sunday Splash reports, that comes out. I got to think it's partly that for sure. I mean, that seems to be the main reason. I can get behind Matt Rule probably took a few days off after the guy. They all did a little bit, regathered. They go back. They self-scout. He probably starts to turn on film, study things about the offense, doesn't like what he sees, realizes he wants to make the change. And I think, you know, to your point again, uh, this was tactical in, in doing this on Sunday rather than earlier in the week.
And we need to take a break, but let me just say that the fact that it wasn't one of the Sunday Splash reports, this was an asset that the Panthers could have traded with one of the insiders as part of this horse trading that happens all the time. That you know they're, they're nice to us, we're nice to them, we hand them this news five minutes before we announce it. There wasn't any of that. This was out of the blue announced by the team 20 minutes into the 1 o'clock games. That was not accidental. And as I, I say half-jokingly, it has given teams a new way to – make moves that maybe they'd rather not have scrutinized at a time when there's less scrutiny during seven or eight games being played on a Sunday afternoon. Let's take a break. When we return, Chris is going to tell you what he thinks the Joe Brady or Joe Brady, different Joe, different Different Joe B. They know each other. They work together. Joe Burrow, what his pinky injury may do to his throwing abilities. We'll do that next on this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. ba 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 